You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. Hello and welcome. I am delighted to be joined by Holly Ladd, functional medicine certified health coach and someone who has been certified by the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches, which is a prestigious title. I am so thrilled to have you with me today, Holly. We are going to be talking about your healing journey, which I know is going to be so powerful and help so many people. Thank you for being with me. Oh, Palmer, it's it's my true delight to be here. And like you, I'm on a mission to help empower people and show them you know, examples of healing. Uh, awesome. They're everywhere. So I'm delighted. Oh, we are on the same team, my friend. So I just want to dive right in. And everybody that has an autoimmune healing journey starts out with a growing up story. We all do. We have like how we grew up. And sometimes what happens in childhood doesn't always stay in childhood. So can you just give us the framing for where you grew up and what your family life was like and what you were like as a child? Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in California, was born in the San Francisco area, lived in the East Bay till I was like 11 and then moved to Southern California in middle school, sixth grade. Um, Only child. So um, really kind of had a pretty pretty easy childhood, especially as a young child, right? Um, Living in the Bay Area, was very active in sports and swimming and had just a really great time, but I was a little chubby. So, um, you know, I got teased for being heavy in school, but, you know, nothing nothing too terrible or too um, overwhelming. And then moved to Southern California and, you know, it was a little bit, it was a little bit of a rough transition um, just trying to fit in into a new school and again, being heavy and, you know, those just weird transitions, but eventually it all worked out eighth grade between eighth and ninth grade. I lost a ton of weight and was super active in high school and just kind of had a, a, a great, you know, really positive childhood. Um, but you know, I lived in LA in the height of the worst air pollution probably ever, you know, in the 1970s. There were days where you could not see the mountains from a half a mile away. And God only knows what was in that air pollution that I was inhaling every day as I was outside in my swimming pool all summer long, you know, eight hours a day. Um, So I feel like, you know, I had a really emotionally stable childhood, but I feel like, you know, both my parents were smokers. I lived in a polluted environment. I feel like there were maybe some physical things that that weren't the best, um, for me. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, trying to think, I think that's, that's sort of me in a nutshell. We, we haven't talked about this before, but I grew up in Santa Monica in Uh the 1970s 
And yeah. I remember not being able to see the mountains or downtown LA because it was the worst air pollution and air quality. And I hadn't even considered this as part of my own setup. So I'm so glad that you brought up air pollution because I think the stats on it are sometimes, well, they say that indoor air quality can be terrible, but if you know you live in a in a city or in mm-hmm. an environment where there's outdoor air pollution, how profoundly that impacts us, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So, so tell, go, go on from there. Like, tell us what happened. Did you start feeling inklings of some sort of illness? Did you just make your way off to high school and beyond? Give us a sense of yeah, no, what happened. Yeah, I mean, no illness, no, nothing. I mean, I was a healthy person, um, rolled right into adulthood. Uh, I considered myself a smooth uh, foodie, right? Like love to cook, ate, ate fairly well, right? It wasn't on a standard American processed diet, so that's a good thing. But I sure ate my fair share of pasta and bread and sandwiches and cereal and baguettes and cheese and, you know, all that wonderful drink, alcohol, you know, wine, beer, uh, and everything was fine, right? Everything's fine. Like, I'm healthy. There's no problem. There's never been any issue. And then 45 years old, I start having just really weird, I guess it started with fatigue. And I remember I was working as a real estate agent. I would just go into work and I would just tell my friends, I'm like, I am so tired. I just need a vacation. It must be stress. And this fatigue just kept going and going and getting worse and getting worse. Um, so that I think was probably the first inkling. I just thought I needed a vacation. Yeah. But I believe that was probably the first sort of um, sign that something wasn't, wasn't right. So did you listen to your body and rest more or did you just push through it? What happened that the symptoms, the messages from your body began to get louder? How did that happen? Yeah, no, I didn't listen to it. I just kept saying, you'll be fine. Just get your sleep. You'll be fine. And, you know, sure enough, I didn't get fine. And then all of a sudden my hands would ache in the morning when I woke up and that felt, and I was a golfer and like it hurt Mm. to play golf. And I was like, what's going on with my hands? And then all of a sudden I would wake up with my hands and fists and it would take all oh, good 15 minutes before I could un- undo them and get mm. to full mobility. And this went on for a while. So this, I think probably started happening in July of 2010. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, well, I just probably need, you know, I had my massage therapist working on it. I had my chiropractor working on it. I had Eastern medicine practitioners, you know, acupuncture. I had all these things working on it and nothing was working. Mm. And must've been scary. It was scary. Really scary. It was totally scary, but I was being stubborn and obstinate. Like surely this has to be sort of a physical, you know, muscular type of thing. Right. Um, and then I was on vacation and I was, um, lying in bed, looking at my hands, just going, these are not my hands. Mm. This is not what my hands look like. And so I got on Google and I just sort of looked up stiff hands and I was convinced at that moment that I had rheumatoid arthritis. I was like, oh my gosh, I have rheumatoid arthritis. And then when I got back from vacation, um, my DO, my doctor of osteopathy referred me to a rheumatologist. So this was like October, 2011. I mean, 2010. 
Meanwhile, I'm still more and more tired, right? I was mm. taking a walk with my dog and I was like, my legs are so heavy. I feel like I'm getting the flu. Like what's going on? And it was just, everything was just getting worse. So mm. yeah, I was thankful that I was going to see a rheumatologist because I needed an answer. So that was kind of the symptom piece, right? It was started in maybe spring with fatigue, went to the hands, forearms started aching. Like it just, it just kept progressing um, until about November. So you got to the rheumatologist appointment and what happened? Got to the rheumatologist appointment. He came in, literally took one look at me, looked at my hands, looked at my forearms, touched me a couple of times, left the room, came back in and said, you have scleroderma. Mm. I was like, um, that doesn't sound good. (laughs) And, you know, he pretty much said, um, in typical rushed doctor fashion, right? We don't really know what it is. We don't really know what causes it. There's really no cure, but you know, we want to do some follow-up tests to make sure it hasn't affected your lungs and your heart and your kidneys and your, all these things. Um, and we'll get you some, you know, we'll, we'll get you, put you on some prednisone for a couple of weeks and then we'll, you know, have a follow-up session. And I was like, wow, this doesn't sound very good. And, and went home and did some research on scleroderma and it was really frightening. Like, mm. wow, people die from this. This is, this is not, uh, you know, just, um, a bum knee and cried, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then figured out what, like, okay, where are we in this? Is this, it's, it's very disruptive when you get this life-changing diagnosis that you've never heard of. Yeah. And, and before you continue, can yeah. you talk about what scleroderma is? Because I know it's an autoimmune condition, but it's not one of the most popular. So yeah. I think a lot of people would like just a high level overview of what that means. Yeah. So high level overview is that scleroderma is thickening and hardening of the skin, but it also can affect the heart and the lungs and the kidneys. So I I think it has to do with collagen production. I'm not hundred percent certain on the mechanism, but most people experience like um, a very stiff, like your face is very stiff. There's no pliability in your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Things just stiffen up. And I, th- I think it's somewhat related to sarcoidosis, which is the stiffening, hardening of the organs. Interesting. So, well, even though even the word scleroderma, I know sclero is the hardening and derma yeah. is skin. So exactly. it makes sense that that's actually what it is. It sounds like yeah. the Latin or something for yeah. hardening of the skin. And and as you described, the the internal organs, which is what, of course, makes this life-threatening. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of wallowed around in sort of misery for a few days. And then my just amazing partner, she got online and just started doing research. She said to me, she said, I don't want you doing the research. I don't want you to see anything Mm. bad. I want you to just focus on healing, focus on resting. I'll do the research. So she found a book that directed me towards a doctor in in Boston that was doing an antibiotic protocol for scleroderma. And he'd been doing it for years. He was probably 70 years old, really old guy. And at the same time, I was thinking about this book we had read over the summer called The Ultra Mind Solution by Dr. Mark Hyman, who in that book 
explained functional medicine, like when something's wrong in your body, there's a reason for it. Like illness doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't just come out of the blue. There are, you know, things out of balance, systems out of balance um, that need to be rebalanced and brought into working appropriately. And I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can go see that guy. Like, I wonder if he could help me too. So I felt really blessed that that book had come into my life just that summer. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the timing, the right? The timing. I mean, oh my goodness. Fantastic. So, um, so, and of course his clinic is in Massachusetts. So we went to the doctor in Boston and we went to the ultra wellness clinic in Massachusetts to get the functional medicine sort of take on, you know, scleroderma. I love uh, it. Yeah. I love it. So you're you're on a two-pronged approach. You're trying yep. this antibiotic therapy, which, you know, has is reputed to help, has mm-hmm. had helped this mm-hmm. guy's patients, and you're working at a root cause level. Yep. I think that's brilliant. And it's kind of like you're doubling down on totally. doing you're doing everything that you can to heal. And and also before you go into the details, I just want to comment on how in tune you are with your body to go from having your first symptoms in 2010 and now you are sitting in like one of the world renowned functional medicine clinics right 4 years later or something like that oh no it was it was um january 2011 like, oh my was, goodness oh yeah oh you no time at all you no are time. like directly on it okay so you get there Take it anywhere you want to go, whether it's the antibiotic therapy or I want to dig into all of what they found at the ultra wellness. I want the juicy details of the ultra. What did they find in terms of your own root causes? Because as we know, every illness has reasons and functional medicine is all about discovering the root cause and all of ours can be different. So it's fascinating to learn what yours were. Yeah, no, I this, as you know, in hindsight, hearing people's stories and hearing the, <sighs> the you know same root cause for different diseases, different root cause for the same same illness, it's it's incredible. But so for me, as soon as I had those doctor's appointments set up, and I again, I was so lucky that this was November, and I got in in the beginning of January. <sighs> like I didn't have to wait three months to get on to see. It was maybe six weeks, five or six weeks, right? right? Wow. So I just feel like the universe was on my side, right? I felt like we want you to get better. And so as soon as I had those doctor's appointments and I had the plane ticket, it was like, hope, I have hope. Hope. And once you have hope, you can get through anything. So I go to the, you know, I go to the, I can't remember who I went to for, oh, I think I went to the functional medicine doctor first, Dr. Todd Lapine at the Ultra Wellness Center. He's amazing. He's on summits. He's a brilliant mind. And you know, you normally go to the doctor and it's what, 15 minutes of a visit. And they're like, okay, you're going to come at eight and we're going to be done at 1130. I was like, what? <laughs> three, three and a half hours. Okay, sure. Why not? Wonderful. So I get in and I meet with Dr. Lapine and he just goes over the full history. And of course I had the papers, tons of intake forms, everything, my life history, like you asked childhood, where you grew up, smokers, how you were born, you know, all of these questions. And I'm like, how does this have anything to do with my disease? But anyway, I'll do it. And um, he was just wonderful and just sort of 
we're going to run a lot of tests and we're going to figure out what's going on. And another layer of hope that, you know, we do this all the time. We are very familiar with functional medicine and this is 10 years ago. So the, you know, they've made leaps and bounds of progress even within the last 10 years. But, um, and then I, so he said, but really stop eating gluten. I mean, just if there's one thing I could tell you right now, just stop eating gluten. Right. So I had maybe an hour and a half with him an hour with the nutritionist. They took some blood. So this was like this amazing visit. Full stop, full service. Full service. Full yeah, service. Full service. Yeah. I okay. Mean, um, and I knew that they were going to get some answers, right? Because I believe that there's that illness cannot just happen to you. There are reasons why it happens, right? Yes. So I felt really empowered. And then when I saw the antibiotic therapy doctor in Boston, it was so funny because I said, well, what about gluten? Should I stop eating gluten? And he's like, well, I don't know about that, but you should take this, you know, take this minocycline. So I was like, okay, well, I'll take that. But I think I'm going to stop eating gluten. So that was sort of the beginning, right? Is like we, we had, I left Dr. Hyman's office with a stool test, a urine test, a saliva test, a, you know, every, every orifice test in the body. <laughs> took them with me, uh, actually did them in the hotel room, sent them in and, um, was just, then it was the waiting game to get the results. But I felt that I had a plan. And then in the meantime, I started the antibiotic therapy and just like you said, throw everything at it, right? Just throw everything at it other than some toxic pharmaceutical that doesn't do anything and see what happens. So, so I was feeling good. I love it. I love it. Let's let's talk a bit about the antibiotic because there's a time and place for antibiotics and we we don't want to just throw antibiotics at a problem yeah. in general. I think in this case it's a very specific protocol for scleroderma where this particular doctor had a protocol because there is a specific type of bacteria that's associated, right, with the scleroderma. Yeah. Is that what the hypothesis is? Right. Um, I believe it was started in like late thirties. They were doing research on rheumatoid arthritis. And I think rheumatoid arthritis and scleroderma are very closely connected. And they were determining that there was some bacterial involvement. And so there was this amazing research that was done and then kind of put to the side because it wasn't making anyone any money, Mm. sadly. Um, But this, the cadre of a few doctors just kept working the protocol and kept having, you know, I think it was like seven out of 10 people, eight out of 10 people it was working for. So that's, wow. that's a pretty good odds. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was scientifically backed though, mm-hmm. not from an FDA sort of randomly random blind trial, but still there was enough data anecdotally uh, for me to have faith in it. But yes, okay. I like, honestly, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, I think I probably would have just gone all in functional medicine. Yeah and not taking the antibiotic unless I had to, because Mm -hmm. then that's part of my findings that we'll talk about. Yes. Yeah. So let's, without further ado, let's dig into, you get your lab test back. Yeah. So what happens? Yeah. So I, I get on the, like, I see the phone number and I'm like, Oh God, today's the day. Today's the day. Get on the phone with Dr. Lapine. And he starts just going over these. Okay. Let's start with your vitamin D level. It's really, really low. So you live in Arizona, it's super sunny, but your vitamin D is terrible. Uh, you're, um, you have dysbiosis. So what that means is 
dysfunction in the gut, right? I had more bad bugs than good bugs. The wrong people were running the neighborhood. It was causing inflammation, <laughs> leaky gut, those, all those buzzwords that we talk about in functional medicine, uh, which was causing inflammation. Uh, mercury, had mercury toxicity, you know, not like redlining, but enough to create a problem. Um, I had a parasite, unbeknownst to me. So there were some parasites going on. Uh, I had latent Lyme disease. So I got Lyme disease in my 20s, my senior year in college, mm. took tetracycline for like 10 days, which we now know is not long enough. Um, knock on wood, the only thing that it was just hanging out, right? We, they saw that there was still Lyme hanging out. Thus, the antibiotics were appropriate because they right. were going to address the Lyme disease. But had, it H- had become chronic yes. since it wasn't fully resolved, right? Exactly. Okay. Right. And not that I ever had any symptoms, or maybe I did have symptoms, but I didn't really know they were symptoms. Yep. Um, I had H. pylori, which um, I don't know, maybe you can explain it better than I, I can, but it's something to do with bacteria, bacteria um, in your stomach or something yeah. like that. Yes, that's all you need to know. It's a bacteria that causes gut problems and in some people, heartburn and yeah. ulcer. It, it, it seems to be the big root cause of ulcers. Yeah, so there's that. Um, my omega fatty acids were out of balance. Like, you know, you should be like three to one, omega six to omega three. And I think I was like 17 to one. So clearly I was eating too many vegetable oils and snack foods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes inflammation. Omega-3 is anti-inflammatory, omega-6 inflammatory. We could get a whole, we could do a whole conversation on those. Um, I'm trying to remember what else stood out for me. Uh, uh, I have in my notes, you had the MTHFR. Oh, yep. MTHFR um, methylation issues. Mm-hmm. That was going on as well. Um, there were a couple genes in there that were sort of higher risk for cancer. They didn't really have anything to do with autoimmune, but good to know. So you had a big pile. I mean, this is, this is a laundry list of things that are filling your toxin bucket, right? I mean, unless there's something else that you can think of, I think there's a huge pile in there. And so how did you feel when you got all this back? I mean, were you overwhelmed? Did you feel empowered? I think it was both, right? When he just kept going and saying, and, and I'm writing this down, just going, dang, I am not healthy. Like, how did I get here? How did, mm. I mean, I thought I took pretty good care of myself. Like I worked out, I slept well. I thought I, you know, like I thought I was living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And so I, I was just completely shocked and overwhelmed and empowered. Like, well, okay, now we know what we have to fix. Right. And we just systematically went about healing the gut, detoxifying the mercury, getting rid of the H. pylori, taking care of the parasite, taking some vitamin D, changing the diet, more omegas, like just the full Monty, the full lifestyle reset, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't do an elimination diet, which is interesting. That was not on the program, but I was not eating gluten. I think I stopped eating dairy for a while. And then I just said, I'm just going to be a vegan. I was going to go vegan. Why not? Like, so I did vegan, gluten-free vegan for a year. Um, yeah. So it was just, it was just, okay, these are all the things we need to do. And for, you know, another thing that I'm grateful for 
is that I have a character strength of self-regulation. Mm. So for me, once I decide that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. It's not, it's not like I'm going to do it, not do it, do it, not do it, or half do it. I'm just went full in committing to it. And, and so there I was, this was probably in February, late February, maybe early March is when I sort of started doing the therapies, chelating the mercury, uh, taking the supplements, uh, the herbs to get rid of the pylori, the every, I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And I'm just right there with you on the edge of my seat about this, because it is so much that you're doing at once. It Mm -hmm. seems like you're just diving right into this full on Mm -hmm. chelation. And was it, did you have to get mercury fillings removed or was this mercury from fish that you were eating or what, what was the source of your mercury? That's a good question. Um, I do still have mercury. I still have mercury fillings that I know I would like to get rid of in the long run, Mm -hmm. but I forgot to mention in my story, my backstory, that in May of 2010, I had had a mercury filling removed by a regular dentist. Mm. And that's when my symptoms really started to kick in. So I was a little bit gun shy of having mercury fillings removed. Yes. Um, and even though I know that you can do it through a biological dentist right now and do it without, you know, without the same effects, I'm still a little bit like, you know, it's not broken. Don't don't mess with it. Totally. I so understand that. And it really is a cautionary tale for what can happen if you don't have your mercury dealt with, with properly with the protecting you from the mercury vapors, which can be, as you experienced, maybe the trigger that set things off. Because I was going to ask you of this pile of things that were underlying in terms of your root causes, did you feel like there was a primary one or was it just this conglomeration of all of them? And then the mercury set it off. Is that how you would view it? Yeah. I kind of have to think that, you know, the gut issues were fundamental. And then the mercury, given my poor detoxification with the MTHFR, Mm. just kind of was the cherry on top. I I feel like those two things were fundamental. And then everything else was just beneficial. That's my sort of intuition. Well, that is all that matters. Right. And and so, so help us to see what, how how did you start to feel? Did you start to feel any improvement of symptoms while you're doing this plan? Like what was the next thing that happened? So um, initially um, things were not getting better. Like my skin was getting a little bit worse. It was progressing further on down the torso. And I was like, okay, but they said this could happen. And they said it could take a while. Just be patient, be patient. That's another strength of mine is patience um, and forgiveness. So I think it was probably May. So this is a couple months later. I'd been on all the protocols and therapies and I started to get my mental clarity back. Mm. It's like the first thing that lifted was the brain fog, right? The the major fatigue, the, oh my gosh, I can go to work and actually work on a computer for a few hours, or I can have a conversation with someone without just glazing over and not really knowing what they're saying. So the first relief for me was the fatigue and the brain fog. Mm. And that was like, okay, that's good. Cause that was kind of the first symptom. So, okay, we're going to, we're going to start unwinding all of these symptoms as they kind of occurred. 
And then it was just a slow unwinding. Like one day I was like, oh, my mouth is opening a little bit more. I mean, this is kind of gross, but I could only open my mouth. Like I could only get two fingers in. Wow. Barely. And now I can pretty much fit my whole fist in my mouth again. I'm not going to show you that. I'll spare you the details of that. No, that's but. amazing. And it's not gross. I mean, we all have the need to open our mouths. And I could just yeah. imagine what it's like to just have this hardening of your mm-hmm. face. I mean, it just, I, I'm sure it felt awful. So that was probably a huge lift of a symptom. Yeah. yeah. So then my pain started getting less and less and less and less. I mean, it just kept going. And I think it was probably... It took maybe a year, right? till the end of 2011, when I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready to maybe do some yoga again. I think I'm maybe ready to... So the whole year of 2011, I'm just kind of chilling, healing. I think I, I went back to the doctor, the antibiotic doctor in September of 2011. And he was like, wow, you're doing great. So wow. we, we're going to lower your dosage. We're going to sort of start tapering you down of the minocycline. And I just kept, I just kept sticking to it, dogged determination. Like I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped drinking coffee. I was just doing everything that I could. I started meditating. Mm. I started transcendental meditation, which was just, I'd never realized how stressed I was. Right. So it just, it's just something you're not going to cure overnight. It's not going to reverse overnight, but it took maybe then a year and a half later, I'm back at the gym, right? I'm back doing training. I have the energy to go to the gym. I don't have the pain. Mm. And then um, every once in a while, if I really stretched my arm, I could feel it. But it, everything, I felt like it just all dissolved, right? It's just all lifted. And four years later, I realized, man, I don't have any symptoms anymore. Wow. Yeah. Did you wake up one morning and... I mean, it's, it's really hard to notice the absence of symptoms. And there's actually research that shows that people don't report feeling better until they're 75% better. If you think about that, that is, it's pretty staggering. And, and as health coaches, we know because we're working with people and they keep, yeah, I'm maybe a little better or doing about the same, doing about the same, doing about the same, no symptoms. Well, wait a minute, something in there, right? Right. Yeah, no, for me, I'm like, like we talked about, I'm very in tune with my body. So I knew things were getting better. It's like I had checkpoints, right? How far can I, can I open my mouth? Um, can I, can I pinch my skin? Are my forearms soft? Like I had these checkpoints, like, can I bend my knees completely without pain? So I just kept realizing, wow, I, I, I can do this now. I mean, maybe it wasn't every little micro step, but you know, in chunks, it was sort of like, gosh, I don't have that anymore. This This is is working. It's working. This is working. Keep on keeping on. Exactly. And don't go back, right? Don't go back to where you were because we all know. And and I think the other thing to think about is, and again, I've neglected to say this in sort of the run-up story, but I was working in a job and a career that was very stressful. Like, And it didn't match my person. Like it was a mismatch. I was in a job that was a mismatch. And I said, how many times in that job did I say, man, I just need thicker skin. (gasps) Wow. Right. 
I just need thicker wow. skin to let this all just bounce off of me. The and universe was listening to you, Holly. Yes. So be careful. Be of careful. How you, of how you talk and communicate to yourself. Like, I don't think that's any small coincidence. Wow. I get it. I do. I get it. So now I'm with you on this journey. You're like four years since your initial diagnosis, Mm -hmm. you've been following these protocols. You're now aware that you don't have any symptoms. What is life like at this point? Well, life has been permanently changed in the good for the good, right? I am no longer a real estate agent because I realized that was a toxic profession for me. I have veered towards functional medicine, health coaching, because that's the passion. That's where, you know, like warriors, right? We're out there like, I've done it. We have to spread the word. We have to help other people experience this because it's possible. So in a fulfilling job, working the way I want to, eating in a way that I know is going to help my longevity. And, you know, who knows what could have happened to me if I had stayed on that track, you know, Mm. Alzheimer's, dementia, um, arthritis, uh, you know, old, just the diseases of old age. And I feel just empowered that I know now how to take care of myself and take care of others in my life. My mom's changed her diet. You know, Mm. my partner's changed her diet. We're just better. We're just better human beings. And outside of the, I don't know if you've heard of the book, um, healthy deviant. No. So there's a book out there called Healthy Deviant by Pilar Gerasimo. And she talks Mm. about this unhealthy default reality that we're all part of. I'm no longer living in the unhealthy default reality. I'm living in the healthy possibility reality. And it just, um, it's a blessing, really. I mean, I would not be who I am today without that experience. Um, It required a lot of sacrifice. It required... The other thing is like the end of four years, like, who am I now? Like, right. Self change in identity. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all worth it. It's all like, like I, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing. That is so beautiful. And I can just sense your gratitude, Holly. Mm -hmm. And I feel the exact same way. I wouldn't wish MS on anyone, but I feel like had I not gone through that experience, I wouldn't be here serving people to help facilitate their journey in any way that I can, right? So the fact that you had the hope, you felt empowered, you actually did the work. And it. what I heard in your story a lot is you created these upward spirals. Like you started doing things and then you would feel a little bit better. So you would take that step and then you'd feel a little bit better and then you'd take another step. So it seems like you're, and you're also being proactive, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of reactive, which we don't want to wait for a a diagnosis if we don't have to, but you're now moving towards health as opposed to a worsening of your scleroderma we know can be deadly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Beautifully. I, I just, I absolutely love it. And one thing that you did talk about earlier that I think needs to be said there is so much to the cost of not taking control of your health outcomes. But the cost of healing was relatively inexpensive. 
in terms of what you put into it. Because when we, and it's really, it's not an apples to apples comparison. It's not fair at all. Because if we talk about drugs and methotrexate and Embrel and these these drugs and biologics that people are put on, which actually the quote unquote side effects are possibly even more autoimmune conditions and none of them represent a cure. And the best you can do maybe is manage an autoimmune condition so it's not fair, right, to compare no. with, you know, the natural healing and root cause approach, but even laying them out side by side, just at a high level, can you talk about, you know, what it took for you to get well from a cost perspective? Yeah, I mean, I would have to say that um, it was maybe a total of $10,000, like yeah. that included plane tickets that included doctor visits that included supplements. And that's, that's probably for the, let, let me just be clear. That's probably for the first four years, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of an increased cost as you eat healthier and maintain that lifestyle. Right. You're going to spend a little bit more on food, a little bit more on supplements, a little bit more on things that support your health, but I'm, I, I'm taking that out of the equation. Yes. But just in this, the reversal um, was probably around $10,000, which seems like a lot. You're like, Oh my God, I'm going to pay $10,000. But you know, if you add up the cost of what you're going to pay to manage a, a, a disease that probably is going to get worse, or like yeah. you said, invite in other autoimmunes because you're not addressing the root cause. That's right. That, you know, that's a lifetime of a lot of money out of pocket. It is. It is. And I've done a little bit of research on that and it can be 50 to a hundred thousand dollars per person per year out of pocket. So staggering, staggering. And I mean, I think our human nature is to take a pill for things, but what I love about you in in addition to many things is the character strengths that you have of self-regulation and patience that, you know, this is going to take some time that you persevered and you took the time that you needed without this expectation that I'm just going to get better next month. And if I'm not, I'm going to quit. Exactly. I mean, and I think that is, you know, we're brought up in this paradigm. You take a pill, you feel better the next day. And well, you may feel better if you take a, like when they gave me the prednisone and I took that, I was like, wow, I feel great. But you know, it's not sustainable. It's not something you want to be on for the long term. Um, yeah, you just kind of have to realize this is why health coaches are so valuable is we can just keep you in the game, keep you believing, keep you trusting, keep you engaged with your healing because it it is frustrating sometimes to be like, God, it's been three months. Why am I don't, why don't I feel better yet? But you know, if you, if you think about just what's going on, you know, you're fixing what's going on inside first. So you don't really see what's going on inside. And it's, it's, you kind of have to get in touch, like, okay, things are working on the inside, even though the outside is still the same. And so I just kept thinking, it's just working from the inside out. It's just like, like taking this journey, it'll get to the outside layers eventually. Uh, and having that just, um, I guess it's perspective, right? That it just, it's not going to, not going to change overnight. I love it. I love your perspective. I, I love your story, your mindset. And I wonder if you have any, reflections or anything else that you'd like to share about what was important to your journey or silver linings that you haven't mentioned anything else? Oh man. Well, silver linings are, I can't, I couldn't even go on to name them because it's just, it's brought me to where I am today. I think in hindsight, however, knowing what I know now about autoimmune and that, you know, 
symptoms can be building for like eight to 14 years. Like you can be asymptomatic autoimmune for a long, longer period of time. And when I look back, you know, I think at 2008, I was maybe seeing things a little bit different. Things were starting to change, but at such a, you know, glacial pace, right. That I didn't notice it. So I think I wish in hindsight, I could have gone to a functional medicine doctor in 2008 Mm. and known what was out of balance then. So that I didn't have to go through the symptoms and the diagnosis in 2011 or 10. Um, So that's part of the prevention piece, right? Is like, if we start, if you start now and you, you don't have any symptoms, but maybe your mom has rheumatoid arthritis or someone in your family has lupus or MS or something, take charge now. Don't wait to have a symptom. It sucks. Like just take charge now. So you don't ever have to deal with it. So that's so one beautiful. Thing. And then I think just be honest, be honest with the people around you. Um, fill yourself with positive people. Surround yourself with people who also believe that you will get better because the, there's power in that mentality. So, and I'm just blessed beyond belief to have the partner that I have and to have the friends that I have and to just be able to be honest and have their support. Beautiful. I love that. Any, anything else? Were you on a list of things? I don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm just trying. I think that's about it. I mean, I'm just, I, like I said, like we were talking before we started, it's as I think I had the best possible, possible situation for an autoimmune disease. You know, I didn't have to go through 12 doctors. I didn't get put on any medications. I didn't go through years of struggles and trial and error. It was a pretty streamlined process. So I am just so grateful that the universe lined things up for me in that way. But that doesn't mean that if you've struggled, you cannot change things today. Uh, So there's always hope. And there are always people out there, functional medicine certified health coaches, functional medicine doctors, functional nutritionists, uh, you know, functional therapists, you know, that can really support you. So yeah, I'm, I'm on the mission with you. So we're doing this together. I love this. I love this. It's never too late. Of course, starting as early as you can is fantastic advice, but you know, it's human nature not to take action until we start feeling something, but tune Mm -hmm. into your body. I think that you are emblematic of someone who really paid attention to what was going on with your body, because when you started to feel things, that's when you took action. So that is such a beautiful story, Holly. I'm so grateful. And I guess the last thing I would ask you is, do you even feel like you identify as somebody who has scleroderma anymore? Oh, no. And in fact, I don't think I ever once said the words, I have scleroderma. I don't think I ever said that. I think I said, I have a condition that's called scleroderma. Beautiful. I I, I never really identified as a sick person. I always identified as a healthy person that just has to overcome something. And, and there's just one last thing I want to leave, leave people with is it takes a lot of self-love to embark on this journey. You have to love yourself a lot. And so find, finding the way I'm, I love myself. (laughs) Like, I mean, I don't mean to be, I'm not in a braggadocio way, but I love myself. I love my life. I love me. I want to be here and find a way to develop that mentality because 
that's part of what gets you better too, is that self-worth, that you're worth something. And we all want you to be here. Well, we're so grateful that you're here. So grateful for this story, especially during this time. I am so happy that you came and shared it with me today and, and everyone. So Holly, it was such a pleasure. I look forward to continuing our conversation and yeah, being on this warrior journey with you. Yes. Pleasure is mine, Palmer. And best of luck to everything that you're doing. And uh, let's just spread the mission, spread the word. Let's do it. All right, my friend. Take All great right. care. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com and watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.